Welcome to this week's episode of The Homeschool How-To. I'm Cheryl, and I invite you to join me on my quest to find out why are people homeschooling? How do you do it? What are the differences in how people homeschool from region to region? And should I homeschool my kids? Stick with me as I unfold the answers to each of these questions week by week. Thank you for joining us today. Here with me is Johanna, a single working mom that homeschools her two children. Johanna, thank you for being here. I'm going to start by having you tell us the ages of your kids and how long you've been homeschooling. Sure. Uh, so I have two children. Uh, Caleb, my oldest, is 12, and uh, Charlotte is my youngest. She is 10. And we've been homeschooling for it's three and a half years now. What are your reasons for homeschooling? So, so many reasons, <laughs> but basically, um, we, we did start out in, in public school initially. Uh, my okay. oldest went through second grade and my youngest through kindergarten and basically found like what the public school was standing for and, and how they go about doing things just no longer worked for my family, essentially. So right. initially I still thought if something changed, I would consider sending them back. But pretty much once we started, homeschooling, we just saw so many benefits. It became even more clear that this was the absolute right, right path for us. So, and I'm constantly reminded and validated that this, this was the right decision and hearing what, you know, what the alternative would, would, would have been. How did your kids adjust? So it was definitely, definitely an adjustment. Um, luckily in some ways my kids tend to be homebodies. So that was, that was not a concern. Um, and it was, just getting in the idea of that, you know, mom sitting them down and, and doing their curriculum and lessons. And they're certainly more comfortable telling their mom no than they, they would a teacher at school. So um, right. definitely was an adjustment period. But really, once we got rolling, it was it was it was just having that that set those expectations. And that's what we did. <laughs> so they both seem to get in the groove with you. I've heard before it takes half the time of the amount of years you were in public school to actually adjust to homeschool. I don't know if you found that, that to be the case for you. That's well. interesting. I'd have to, yeah, I'd have to think back. I would say um, at most. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'd say half the time, maybe even depending on where they we start. Certainly if you start from the beginning, that's all they know. Right. Uh, my daughter had only been to kindergarten. So that was all she knew. My, my son, um, second grade again, he, I think deep down knew the benefits and, and was certainly on board with it. He was probably okay with not getting up and rushing out the door every morning. But did you yeah. ever find that he was saying, oh, I wish I went to school or I miss my friends? Um, so luckily, we've been able to still stay connected with a lot of friends. So that Good. really wasn't an issue. Um, they weren't tied into, you know, any particular activities that they couldn't do outside of school. So, oh, yeah, really, they were they were easy. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So now we discussed that you do work from home. How do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, I do work full time. I do work from home. Um, I have consistently needed some support and some help though along the way. So, sure. uh, especially initially while they were young, 
Um, I did have a full-time sitter that would come to the house and be able to be with them while I'm working and then just shifting our schedule. So homeschooling could be done anytime. So we're doing lessons sometimes in evenings and uh, on the weekends. And then they're having as a trade free time during the day to, to socialize with other homeschoolers or they, you know, attend different co-ops. Um, so definitely needed some help. But even as they get older, they're a little bit more independent. So I can work while they're doing their own thing as well. Right. Because I think that's where I battle right now. I've worked for 15 years. And, you know, even if I could work from home, is it fair to my kids if I'm at the computer all day and sticking them in front of a TV so that I can do my work and then working with them later on in the evening, you know, you want it to be a fair balance. But like you said, with having a sitter come in, that's a great plan because, you know, then you can kind of have uh, outline what you'd like for them to do during the day. You know, this much time outside, these activities that may or may not be educational or but fun, you know, uh that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for clearing that yeah, up for exactly. us. And, you know, with the homeschooling community, I was thinking too, um, like for my kids being four and a half and six months old, there are probably older kids that are homeschooled right now looking for jobs, um, tr- on the job training. Maybe they want to be educators or, you know, something in that field where I could even, uh, you know, hire them, their services to watch my kids while I work during the day, or, you know, even if it's just some days a week, because their schedule, like you said, is so flexible, they could do their homeschooling in the evenings or on the weekends and, you know, work, be nanny or, you know, be a a babysitter during the day. So that's really eye opening. Yeah. Um, And it's creating it to what works for your family. So that's kind of the huge positive aspect of homeschooling. You're just going to work with what you have and, you know, make it work and tailor it to your family, your schedules and your children. Right. So what does homeschooling look like on your best day? (laughs) So um, I would say, I mean, on the best day is really they're ready to learn, ready to cooperate, get their their work done. Um, They're happy, healthy and just, again, agreeable. (laughs) That would probably be a good day in my book. (laughs) And um. Do you, are you strict with TV time, iPad time? I know I find myself sometimes, okay, I have to get this done. Go sit on your iPad and then I feel so guilty at the end of the day. But you also have to give yourself a little grace, I think, too. That's a limited and, and within reason and, and they will have their free time. But, uh, yeah, we do try and, you know, limit how much time they're spending on the screen or again, if it's educational or if it's, something that the kids can do together and play a game interactively a little bit more lenient there um, than just, yeah, plopping in front of the TV all day. So there's, there's definitely stuff we found that they can take advantage of and just having stuff on hand on the do arts and crafts and supplies like that are helpful to, to keep them off the screens. <laughs> right. Well. Right. And the nice weather helps. You're in New York as I yeah. am and we don't have great weather all year long, but uh, I referenced a book that I had read uh, in my first podcast. There's no such thing as bad weather. Uh, Scandinavian woman <laughs> explains how it, it doesn't matter if it's cold or rainy. You just put on clothes that suit the weather and get out there. And I guess once yep. you get used to that, you're you probably have a great time and tires your kids out, and then they're better for you when you need them to actually relax. So what does your worst day of homeschooling look like? Are you able to give yourself that grace to say, 
They didn't go as planned, but I'm doing it. And this is what's best for my kids. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'd say in the beginning, when we were still figuring it all out, I would have probably said for sure, I'd say, quote unquote, bad day. This is what it looks like. We didn't get anything done. I had so many expectations. Um, but just you know, reminding yourself that there's there's going to be days like that and that will happen and, and you really make the most of it and roll with it. So I, I would say there, there, not, there are not necessarily quote unquote bad days anymore just because your your expectations, you know, that there will be days like that and you make up for it another time. So that also takes the pressure off um, a bit, knowing that you have the flexibility, unlike if they were going to a, you know, structured public school or private school that they have an off day, you can't make that up somewhere. So homeschooling, you can. You're right. Yeah, I think expectations have a big uh, role in that. It's probably the same for like relationships too, right? Day after Valentine's Day, your expectations were real high. And then, uh, what? This is all you got me? <laughs> you lower <Yep>. your expectations. <laughs> You'll always be pleasantly exactly. surprised, right? <laughs> I'm sure there's exactly. somewhere in the middle that that works out. <laughs> so what curriculum do you use? And did you have to go through a couple different kinds? So you found one that you liked or do you use a uh, multitude of them? Yeah, I am definitely uh, work through different ones to see what, see what worked the best. Um, what, you know, I would say what I envision and would love to be able to do isn't necessarily what we are able to do because of our schedule and our lifestyle. And um, so, you know, again, trying different things so you find what works. And again, it's part of the beauty of homeschooling that, that I love is that fitting, you know, the needs of each child individually, you know, what, you, what I do for my son isn't necessarily the same as I do for my daughter. And then some stuff we can combine, even though they're two grades apart. Um, so we, we tend to do a lot of reading. Um, we use a lot of Charlotte Mason living books, essentially. So um, Build Your Library is one of the curriculums that I've found really works well. It's very mm -hmm. laid out what, what to do each day. Um, and a list of books to get out from the library or purchase or, you know, you buy used. Um, so we do that, a lot of that for history and literature and geography, which, so I love, I love those. Uh, math for my daughter, we use, yeah, we use master books, which was more of a Charlotte Mason, had a little story attached to it that worked well for her. For my son, since he had started in public school, we actually started out using the curriculum that he was used to and using in school just to as we got adjusted and then realizing that uh, that we didn't need to necessarily stick with that one. There were other options. So we found things like Singapore has a new primary math. So we were using that for my son. Um, now he's using teaching textbooks, which is a uh, they have printed materials, but there's also an online program so that he can go on, watch the lesson himself and do the practice work right on the computer. So that's been a wonderful curriculum. Uh, my daughter will probably start using that too, because she's just about ready to be able to work more independently on that. And then for science, we use, um, we've done a variety actually of science, but my favorite is Berean Builders. And it's uh, science in the beginning was was the first one we completed. Um, so that was that was wonderful. And we're now moving on to science in the ancient world. And it's able to, you know, incorporate some Christian stuff in there that, you know, you don't normally get. Um, so that's been wonderful. And it's very much um, 
open, you know, I, it's scripted. So I can just read the lesson to them, but it's scripted in a way that's like you're teaching the lesson. It's not just boring and dry. It's conversational. So I love that because I'm not having to, without working full time, I don't have time to be coming up with these lesson plans. So it's right. all scripted as experiments, you know, with, with household items. Um, that's, that's been a wonderful program as well. And then we do some, you know, logic of English, IEW is what my son has done well with my daughter. We, we do a lot of different stuff. <laughs> my daughter uses all about spelling. He does write shop for writing. So it's not one big box curriculum that we use. It's kind of a little bit, you know, what we found is, has worked for, for my kids. And um, they also attend co-ops where they go and learn with other homeschool kids and the parents volunteer and either teach the classes or assist with the classes. So they're doing some of their curriculum there as well. So and I like kind of scripted for the science and the math. Sometimes with the grammar and writing, it's nice. Um, but the living books, just reading for history, literature, poetry, makes that works for our family. So cool. And you've answered already questions that I had in my first episode that uh, where I discussed my fears of homeschooling. How can I teach things that, you know, trigonometry? I don't think I did well in that class. I'm willing to bet. But <laughs> um, you don't have to be the teacher for everything. You can just kind of be the facilitator. Or even if there was an yeah. issue, find a tutor or the co-ops where you have a parent that knows is specialized in that field, you can kind of hand off your kid there and then teach what you know to other people's children. And then that kind of helps with the socialization. How long did it take you to learn about all these different curriculums and try them out? Because um, I started bringing my son to some homeschool play groups a year and a half ago. And every time I talk to parents, I just find out more and more and more. And once I think, oh, okay, yeah, I know it all. I talk to someone else and my eyes are open even bigger to what's out there. It's, it's truly amazing. I can't imagine how much time it took you to actually, you know, go through it all and find yeah. what works. And then once you do, you'll probably switch to something else because something, you know, even better will come along and more suited for you. But how long did that take? Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's an ongoing process. So it's kind of continuously, re, you know, reevaluating and finding, you know, what works for different stages. And and it is the blessing and curse. There's so many out there to choose from. But it also was like, ah, why can't there be five? And I could just pick from those five. But right. but once you get into it and realizing having that those choices is so invaluable because again, you can tailor it to your, your needs and your schedule and your kit and your child's learning um, needs as well. So, um, so it's definitely, you know, initially was, was just diving in and trying things. And, and really that first year was um, what is our style? What is our working? So it just kind of picking something that you go with your gut and then you try it out. And if it doesn't work, you look to something else. A um, lot less pressure at the elementary level because just by nature, what they're learning, I mean, it's really, very much all about, you know, reading, reading and, and the math, basic math. So, um, but, and then by the time you get to the, the older, you know, grades and, and more complicated stuff, you know, you kind of have a little bit better hands also. Um, so yeah. yeah, I think it's, it's an ongoing thing. Yeah, for sure. And for us, it just, it, it depended again, they spend half the time with me and half the time with their father. So I needed some flexibility and stuff that, that we can do and have lessons one-on-one, -on -one while they're with me, but then stuff they could also do independently on their own while they were at their, their father's. So. Sure. so that brings my <laughs> next question um, in perfectly. How does your family feel about you homeschooling um, and not just 
their father, but extended family, parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles. Yeah. Um, so it, that is a huge thing, you know, having, having the support. So having, uh, family that can can understand and support you along the way and not not be you know adversary to to any challenges you're having and be supportive is huge so i yeah, I do have family that understands it and um even though you know none of us grew up and experienced it um can can see the benefits that it that it's giving to my kids so you know i cl- very close with a sister of mine she's she's in Pennsylvania, but we're close relationship and she she homeschools her daughter as well so that's that's been nice oh, that's kind so of, cool kind of had that journey yeah together so definitely definitely have the support there um their father you know again totally new concept to him never you know in his imagined in his life that, that we would be doing this with the children so it was right been quite an adjust adjustment there but um but you know i've taken on a lot of that that responsibility and and organizing and planning the lessons and and really have you know, been able to, you know, he works full time as well. So he can kind of still manage life there. And, um, and I'm able to, to take on the brunt. <laughs> yeah, you do what you got to do for your kids. And I guess once you experienced it and saw how they, you know, did with it, it just gave you the drive to keep going. And I mentioned our sitter that we had, um, again, her, ch- you know, children went through public school, her grandkids, but, you know, her, she was learning about it as we were too. And, and the constant reminders that she's like, this is wonderful. You're giving your kids such a gift and it's such a wonderful. So having again, another supportive person to just remind you of that and comparing, you know, different, different uh, options was, was helpful too. Oh, that's awesome. What are the reporting requirements <laughs> like in New York? I've heard both. I've heard we're strict here and I've heard we're too lenient. Yeah, I don't feel it's that bad. So I think where the strict comes from is because in some states you really have to do so little. So um, so that's, I think, where it comes from, like, oh, wow, you have to do all that in New York. But not knowing or ever experienced one where you just don't have to do much. What they do require, I don't feel is, is, is too un- unreasonable. Uh, so it's, you know, some initial paperwork to get started. And then there is a a plan that you at the beginning of the school year you're laying out for what you'll be doing and then a once a quarter a a report that you did what you're you're saying you're going to do but they're not scrutinizing anything in general all school districts are a little bit different but um, our experience is that they just they're checking a box to say that you you submitted your paperwork so it doesn't have to be anything crazy or detailed Um, it's just they're just, you know, they have to check their box and say that you did it. So in my opinion, it's really not too bad. Okay. And do you submit that to the school or to the state? It goes to the school district that you, where you live. Okay. Um, So for sports, uh, has that been an issue or do you think that will be an issue with any of your kids? Um, luckily we, we have not had any issues, you know, finding things that the, the kids like and be able to do outside of, you know, the public school setting. Um, they both play tennis, they both play golf, um, gymnastics. So there's no lack of <laughs> any kind of activity as far as that goes. So, yeah. um, tons of options for, um, com- you know, community basketball and soccer programs. So in, in at least in our area, there's a lot of those opportunities even if you're not in the school, public school setting. Okay. But you can't play like football with the school, right? I think in some States they have to allow homeschoolers in New York. They cannot, correct? In New York. No, 
No, they absolutely um, do not. You can't participate in any of those organized sports. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I know for me and probably a lot of us that are going back and forth on, do I homeschool my children or not? Have this vision of, you know, oh, but the high school football games and, you know, my son being the quarterback and winning for, you know, and the whole community is there. And, you know, you have this vision in your head. The reality of it is probably quite different. <laughs> I don't know. You know, maybe it's because I watched uh, Friday Night Lights or something. <laughs> especially in upstate New York. I mean, we don't really have like football is not really that big of a thing. Basketball definitely is, but I know we have travel teams that uh, homeschoolers can be on. Uh, so there yep. are options. I think we have to let go of these expectations again, just like we talked about earlier, lower the expectations probably wasn't going to work out like that anyways, you know, and, uh, and look at yep. all of the opportunity that is available out there. I know for us, we uh, have our son in swim lessons at the YMCA and wrestling at, uh, you know, a, a community-based wrestling facility uh, that is not attached to a school. So those are all things he can remain doing, even if I homeschool yes. him. Uh, he's he's uh, due for kindergarten in September. So I got a couple months to really lay out a plan. And you know what? The nice part about it is if I homeschool and decide... Maybe it's not for us. I guess you can always go to school or vice versa. But I I am a planner and <laughs> and I figured I've been asking for a year and a half to every homeschooler I meet and all the students and the adults. And I just find it so interesting. And one day I was like, why don't I put this in a podcast? Because if I find this so interesting, I'm sure other people will too. And I've listened to homeschooling podcasts, but they don't often do uh, interviews, you know, across the board, they kind of explain their experience, which is great. But sometimes it gives me a little anxiety too. Cause I'm like, Oh, they sound so diligent and motivated. Yeah. And can I do that? Can that be me? But you know, I, it, like you said, we just take it day by day and find out what works. And as you get used to it, I think the pressure comes off a little bit. So, um, what are some of the unexpected benefits that have happened to you? since you and your family started homeschooling? Um, sure. So I, I definitely look back to a, a couple, um, I'd say even uh, minor health issues that my kids had. Um, nothing crazy, but I'm, I look back and I am thankful that they were homeschooled at those times because I, I just, I can't imagine how they would have struggled you know, if they were in public school while dealing with those those issues, um, not to mention they might have been missing out on school. Um, and just by having them home, you can keep a better eye on them. You can tend to their needs and, and still get your schoolwork done at the same time. It's because, they, you know, you'd have that adjustment for what their needs are. Um, so that was one big thing that I looked back and was just it was you know, like, oh, wow, like that's another good point. I'm glad we were homeschooling at that time. Um, so. Another unexpected benefit was when COVID hit and things shut down, we were already homeschooling at that point. So we were able to basically continue school life as you as usual. Um, it didn't yeah. you know, impact us too much there. Yeah. Nobody and, was masking in your house. Subject. <laughs> no, exactly. We could kind of, it was a somewhat business as usual, other than we couldn't go certain, you know, some of our usual places that we would like to go to or for social, you know, wasn't there. But as far as keeping going with the, the school and the curriculum, that would, that was fine. And then not being subject to, 
what the you know different rules that the schools were doing to to handle COVID. So that right. was definitely another unexpected that did not know going into COVID we would be experiencing that. But looking back, that was a blessing. Absolutely. All right. And did you have any fears before you started homeschooling? You know, I I know the socialization is a big thing that I'm not sure. I'm not sure if society puts that on us um, that, oh, my God, they're not going to be socialized. Or did you have any other fears? Like uh, one of my fears was sometimes my kids drive me nuts. So what do you do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for me, I mean, when I when I decide to do something, I'm kind of um, all in and it's there's no space for fear. It's just dive in. Let's let's figure this out. But going back to what you were saying before about, you know, thinking what you might miss out by, by homeschooling. And and there was sort of a, a a morning period, like what I thought my kids might be missing out on by not going to public school. So that I guess initially could have been, you know, thought of as kind of a fear, but you just gradually realize that those same opportunities for, you know, are there for homeschoolers and, and, even if they aren't exactly, you know, the, the, the football games and, you know, those kind of experiences, um, homecoming, whatever, you know, right. you really start to zero on what, what's most important in life and does that matter? And your kids never experienced that. I think we mourn it because we know we went through it and that was part of our growing up and experience, but it doesn't have to be theirs. They're going to replace it with other types of experiences and things that they're getting to do that kids that are in the public school don't, you know, we can take off and go to New York City and go to museums and, and homeschool there and, and have all these, you know, wonderful, we're not limited to when we can, we go away on, on vacations and, and things like that. So it's just putting that in perspective and, um, you know, just again, realizing what's, what's most important and then realizing really not, you know, missing out really much at all. So you even gave me chills because um, you're the second person that said, you know, yep, your kids will be missing out on some things but they're going to gain so much more. And I think that was the first time I was like, oh yeah, it is okay that they are missing out on certain things. That's okay because there are other things we are doing to you know, fill that bucket back up and, and maybe even more. Um, you know, that's really beautiful. And yeah. when you do think about <laughs> those lines at Disney, not that we'd be going to Disney, but um, <laughs> everybody's there that week in February and that week in April. <laughs> not us. Yep, exactly. Yeah, we're not tied to that at all, which is great. <laughs> all right. So do you have any time for yourself? So that's, that's other than this podcast that you are recording right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's I will say it's it's probably good that I, I don't have my kids um, on certain days because they're with their dad, because if I, you know, if I did have them all the time, I I probably would rarely take a break. I'm just very into my kids, but whether, whether I want to or not, I do have, you know, consistent days without them for myself. Um, And that's, you know, when I'm, you know, taking time to, you know, for myself, but getting other things done so that when I do have them, I can be at my best. So if you do have them more full time, then, you know, my advice is yes, still finding ways to, get that break and take time for yourself and have that separation because you, you do ultimately need that to refresh and be the best you can be when you have them. So it's a tough Absolutely. balance. <laughs> get that sitter or reach out to family. And I know that's easier said than done, but even the other homeschool, older homeschoolers that are just, you know, looking for the experience, the money, you know, they have the days free 
and they're probably yeah. really good kids, you know, so that's definitely, maybe I can set up a little network there. <laughs> That'll be my next endeavor. Yeah. What would the you today tell your pre-homeschooling self? Oh, I think we've touched on this a couple of times, so I, I'll relate it back to that. Um, finding that support and community um, that knows, you know, what you're going through would be my advice um, for myself getting started. Like, and immediately find that, find those those people that you can connect with and and are also homeschooling and be able to socialize with them, go to them for advice and and for that support. So I, you know, and I was lucky to have that community and it's it's absolutely been a savior. So I think for for many reasons having that community and tribe or support is 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 invaluable. Okay. So everyone talks about, oh, you can't homeschool your kids. They'll be weird. Johanna, are your kids weird? They're not weird. No, I mean, they're, they're weird in any sense that the kids would be weird, whether they're, they're all weird, not, right? But, um, every no, kid's weird. It's, it's, it's <laughs> every adult's yeah, weird these days. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, and, and the stigma with socializing, I mean, we've never had an issue and opportunities to socialize and, you know, my kids have friends in both their neighborhoods and kids that go to public school, kids that are homeschool, all walks of life. And, you know, they attend those co-ops and, and uh, you know, get out in tennis and gymnastics and golf. And so it's it's really such a small portion of their life is about being homeschooled in a way because they're experiencing so many other things and with other people. So, <laughs> yes, right. there, there has been an old stick with, with homeschool kids, but I I know a lot of homeschool kids and, and they're they're pretty... <laughs> Not well, adapted. <laughs> well exactly. yeah. And then you think about the last couple of years, we've normalized, you know, sitting in a classroom six feet apart with a mask over you and plexiglass around you and putting on hand sanitizer every 30 minutes. So it, you know, who's going to turn out weird here? Come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I exactly. thank you so much. This has truly been a pleasure and an eye-opening experience. I love this conversation. I'm so happy to have you kick off this podcast for me. Um, you really are getting me excited about having these experiences with my kids and really taking control of their life and what they get to learn. And I get to learn with them and the bonding that that will create for us. So I'm very excited and I'm truly touched by your interview today. Thank you so much for taking this time. Thanks for having me. If you'd like to check out any of the curriculum that was mentioned today, please pop into the show notes where I've listed them all there. Next week, we will be joined by Julie, who transitions families from the public school life to the homeschool life. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Homeschool How-To. If you enjoyed what you've heard, please share with friends, like and subscribe to the podcast, or leave a review. 